The Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of our Savior. Or lay down. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. The animals at peace. It's so good to see you all here this morning. It's good to be with you again and to have the opportunity to reflect a little bit on Francis of Assisi. Francis of Assisi tends to stand head and shoulders above almost all other saints in the West, if not all saints in the West. In fact, in our practice, he seems second only to Jesus. Now, if Francis heard me say that, he would be furious with me because Francis was an astute student of humility. To illustrate that a little bit, I want to share with you the godly play lesson on Francis This comes from the near room, the godly playroom, whoops, and it has a trap floor in the basket, so there we go, just to keep me humble, right? So let's see what is in here. Ah, Francis was a young man, some of you may remember the story. And he dressed in beautiful clothes. Anybody remember why? His his father was a cloth merchant in Assisi, a very wealthy cloth merchant, a man of the town, as you might say, someone everyone looked up to and respected. Francis stood to inherit his father's business, wealth, and honor. Francis, however, looked around him, and he saw how the wealthy thrived and the poor struggled. He looked around the church, and he saw wealthy religious houses that accumulated enormous material wealth over the centuries. He saw corrupt prelates in the church. 
and he saw the churches in ruins around Assisi. And so one day he completely scandalized his father and his family by standing out in public and taking off, yes, all his clothes. No, I won't do that for you today, don't worry. To demonstrate his protest of the inequality and also his call to a life of humility. A little bit later, Francis was praying in the church of San Damiano, which was lying in ruins around him. You may not be able to see it, but here's a little church. I'll share it with the people on Zoom. I'll share it with you. See the little church. San Damiano was lying in ruins, and Francis was praying. Francis had been studying the gospel. Now, Francis might have taken the road of many in the tradition and thought about the gospel as metaphor, but Francis had this call to serve, and so he took the gospel rather literally. So when he heard God say, go and rebuild my church, he went over to one of the piles of stones in San Damiano, and he began to put one stone on another to literally rebuild the church. Later on, he would take some of his father's money to help fund more workers to come, and soon he had inspired all of his neighbors in Assisi to come and help rebuild the church of San Damiano. And before they knew it, they had a place to gather and pray together again, to hear preaching like they hadn't heard before. They heard Francis and some of his disciples preach, and they were down to earth and with them in that place, talking about their real daily lives and how they related to the gospel. And soon, that kind of renewal of Christian community began to spread all throughout northern Europe. What else do we have in here? You can probably barely see it. Anybody see what I'm holding? It's a wolf. How many of you have heard the story of the wolf of Gubbio? It's a fascinating story. And it's a story I want to offer to you today as a reflection on where we are in the life of the pandemic. What's our wolf today? What's our wolf today? Maybe the virus, maybe the fear that has been sparked during the pandemic, maybe death itself. The story of the wolf of Gubbio goes something like this. Francis was living in Gubbio sometime around the year 1220. By that time, he had amassed a following. He had started a movement of these friars, these brothers, who had sworn off all material possessions and lived off the generosity of others and then offered themselves in service. 
for the rebuilding and life at the church. And of course, we know all the legends about Francis, you know, who even respected the lice in his hair as some of God's creatures. He probably didn't smell very good. And he even refused to get new robes. He had exchanged his beautiful clothing as a young man for what we might call a hair shirt or kind of a prickly, scratchy robe, which over the years began to wear out, and then he would patch it, and it would wear out some more, and he'd patch it some more. Probably didn't smell very good either. Anyway, the people of Gubbio were terrorized because a large wolf outside the town walls began to eat all the livestock, And then, the story goes, the wolf began to attack and devour the people themselves. Such a terror that the people were holed up in town and afraid to go out. So Francis went out with his disciples, and the townspeople followed him. And he soon came across the wolf, and the wolf opened its mouth and started to charge at Francis, ready to attack him. Francis made the sign of the cross. Nobody had ever done that to the wolf before. So the wolf stopped dead in its tracks. And Francis began to talk to the wolf and commanded the wolf to stop attacking the townspeople And he said, in agreement with that, I will ask the townspeople to feed you, to take care of you. And the story is, the wolf came and put its paw in Francis' hand as a sign that it agreed. After that, the wolf stopped attacking the livestock and the townspeople of Gubbio and would go door to door and receive its meals. And the story is that the wolf lived for about another two years and then died a natural death, and they buried it in Gubbio. Now, we're good 21st century folks, right? It's a lovely story, isn't it? Can something like that actually happen? Well, here's a riddle for you. Apparently, there was an archaeological dig in Gubbio not so many years ago, and they uncovered the remains of a very large wolf from that period. Something happened. Something extraordinary. And it's remembered. But I offer that to you as a final story of Francis today to reflect on what it means in this time for us to confront the wolf of our time like Francis did and to offer the sign of Christ to the face of fear, to the face of death, to the face of violence, to the face of everything that we are most terrified of. And 
to make agreement with it, not by selling our souls, but to do what Francis talked about in the canticle, Brother Sun and Sister Moon, to see death as a part of life, as a part of God's creation. Something to embrace as a sibling and to remember our foundational story as Francis remembered, that death is only a transition to new life. And that we are called by Christ to offer ourselves wholly other, freed from the fear of death, freed to serve, freed to live. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon. Uh-huh.